0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Alley. Our show this week includes U.S. Trade Ambassador Michael Froman and Kevin Kester, a California beef producer and vice president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with U.S. Trade Ambassador Michael Froman and cattleman Kevin Kester next. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. With crop prices falling, farm income plummeting, and Mother Nature wrecking havoc, the private sector crop insurance infrastructure is more important today than ever. Providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The Obama administration and agriculture groups are lobbying members of Congress to ratify the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade agreement. While global trade is a polar issue, access to global markets is seen as essential for the success of U.S. agriculture. U.S. Trade Ambassador Michael Froman says economically and strategically, the stakes are high with the pending vote on the TPP trade agreement.
1: Economically, if you take the Peterson Institute report, which is an independent uh, think tank that analyzed the TPP agreement, uh, they've concluded that this will add $350 billion of exports a year when fully implemented. Uh, that will add $130 billion to the uh, to the US economy to US GDP uh, that the bulk of the benefits will go to workers both skilled and unskilled workers across the country uh and that by delaying approval of the agreement it imposes a cost congress would impose a cost of 94 billion dollars on the US economy that's about 700 dollars per American family uh from the agriculture point of view the uh, the Far- American farm bureau has concluded that this adds to net farm income $4.4 billion. And we know how important that is because we know that every dollar of production in the, in the rural economy adds $1.27 to the economy overall, and that agriculture has been one of the main drivers of export growth in the United States over the last uh, six years. Um, now, uh, last year, hitting $137 billion a year. Um, and we want to make sure that we're getting access to these other markets. Uh, You know, I think if you look at the region, uh, the Asia-Pacific region is expected to be the home of 3.2 billion middle-class consumers by 2030, and those middle-class consumers want the products that America makes, grows, and raises, and we need to be part of that market if we're going to be globally competitive. Uh, Other countries are negotiating other trade agreements. They're gaining market share and preferential access that we don't have, Um, and I'm sure Kevin will talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, and there are alternative models being put out there uh, from China and others, and those models don't always reflect our interests or our values. And so, from an economic perspective, there's a lot at stake, and from a strategic perspective. TPP is is a, a key pillar of our rebalancing strategy towards Asia. It's one of the most concrete uh, elements of that. That's why you saw Secretary Kerry in Los Angeles talking about the strategic importance of it. and. Secretary Carter from the Defense Department talking about how TPP to him is as important as a carrier battle group in the region. That's how important this is. And delaying it just creates a a window of opportunity for other countries to fill the void of U.S. leadership and to define the rules of the road that don't necessarily reflect our interests and our values.
0: Kevin, I have to believe that 500 million in the middle class now of those participating nations is incentive for you but growing that to $3.2 billion has got to be a tremendous incentive. From the cattleman perspective, what's the immediate gain, what's the long-term gain of this TPP deal?
2: So the immediate gain is huge if we can get this agreement signed by Congress and initiated. Because of that, Japan right now has been our number one trading partner for beef. Last year it was about $1.3 billion dollars. 2014, it was 1.6 billion dollars of U.S. beef going into Japan alone, out of the uh, 11 other nations as part of the agreement. So uh, the issue is we're losing market share. We went from 1.6 down to 1.3 billion in the last two years. A large part of that is because we're at a competitive disadvantage with Australia moving their beef into Japan because Australia and Japan have a bilateral trade agreement. And we're about 11 percentage points uh, behind Australia in the tariff rates. And so Australia is uh, kicking our rears right now in market share. We're losing more than $100 million in the last few months and lost market share into Japan because of the Australian advantage in, in tariffs. But we need to get TPP in effect so we have immediate reset on that tariff differential between Australia beef and U.S. beef going into Japan. Uh, Not only that, we've got other countries in in this agreement at TPP that, uh, such as Vietnam, that are hugely important into long-term results. Uh, We think Vietnam's going to become a significant trading partner with U.S. beef into the future. So right now, Australia is costing the U.S. beef share into Japan, Just in the last few months, more than $100 million in lost revenue. Uh, Long term, that's going to expand and grow into a larger deficit, and that's really hurting the pocketbook of ranchers and beef producers across the nation.
0: Mr. Ambassador, when I talk to some members of Congress about the TPP, they recognize that it is an advantage for agriculture, but it may be a challenge for some industry and business in their districts. What are the areas that are most vulnerable that the U.S. might suffer? because of this deal?
1: Well, I'm pleased that we've now seen uh, the National Association of Manufacturers, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, the Business Roundtable, as well as the American Farm Bureau all come out in favor. The tech industry, the technology industry is uh, broadly uh, supportive. I mean, there are advantages across manufacturing, services, and agriculture. We try not to leave any stone uh, unturned. And even in areas where we have import sensitivities, we paid very close attention to their interests as we negotiated this agreement. Take, for example, the dairy sector, which has both export interest and import sensitivities. They recently concluded their analysis and come out in favor of uh, TPP. Um, I think uh, take the textile industry. Uh, textile industry, this is the first trade agreement ever that textile manufacturers in the U.S. Um, are supporting, as are the apparel importers. So we try to strike a balance between our importing interests and our domestic, uh, production. And I think that story can be repeated across, uh, across the whole agreement. You know, we don't have much protection in this country. Our average applied tariff, as I mentioned, is low, less than one and a half percent. We don't use regulations as a disguised barrier to trade. And so there are very few sectors where we have meaningful Uh, Protection and in each one of those sectors, we work very closely with the domestic industry to make sure we are taking their consideration, their interests into consideration, and I think the deal reflects that.
0: In the spring, uh, Ambassador Vetter spoke with us and suggested that globalization is occurring, and if the U.S. doesn't participate in the TPP, globalization will continue.
1: Well, I think that's absolutely right, and that's why it's so important to get beyond soundbites and get to the real facts of what's in this agreement and how it affects the economy. Globalization is a fact. It's the product of the containerization of shipping, the spread of broadband, the integration of economies that used to be closed to the world that are now part of the global economy like China and, and Eastern Europe. That is a fact. So we shouldn't confuse globalization and trade agreements. Trade agreements is how we shape globalization by making sure there's a fair and level playing field for our exporters, both by tearing down disproportionately barriers to other markets, but also by raising standards in these other countries. Labor and environmental standards, uh, intellectual property rights enforcement, putting disciplines on state-owned companies in these other countries, making sure that they keep the digital economy open and free and allow the Internet to to operate uh, in a way that promotes innovation. Those are all the sorts of things that TPP does, and without that, globalization will will continue, but will continue in a way that doesn't necessarily reflect uh, our interests uh, and our values. And sometimes I hear criticism of TPP of, well, it'll mean we're going to be competing with low-wage labor in Vietnam. Well, we're competing with low-wage labor in Vietnam right now. The question is, with TPP, we have the ability to help promote stronger standards in Vietnam, including in the labor sector minimum wage, hours regulation, um, uh, safe workplace conditions, uh, making sure that they meet um, basic ILO standards. Without TPP, we don't have that hook. So TPP gives us the ability to help level the playing field that globalization involves um, rather than just be shaped by it.
0: Mr. Ambassador, Pew study showed that 51% of adults surveyed thought trade agreements were positive, but 49% don't you have many of the leading presidential candidates now speaking ill of trade agreements and some suggesting not only do they not want to TPP, but they want to go back and reconsider all the trade agreements that we're a part of now. How do you take the words from these would-be's to the White House?
1: Well, look, I think there are a lot of polls out there. I'm not familiar with the one that you've just uh, cited, but I think the the bulk of the polls I've seen have shown that it's a, a minority of the American public that, uh feels negatively towards uh trade agreements and uh most people see it as opportunity rather than as uh a threat um uh I think in terms of the 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 political campaign I don't I don't have a license to practice presidential politics so I'm not going to get involved in that I will say the following I'm I'm uh comforted comforted by the fact that it's we're up on the hill talking to members of congress what they're looking at is for a deeper understanding of how this agreement affects their the constituencies that they care about. And as they dig into the details, as, as many of them are doing, uh they're coming to the conclusion that it is an agreement that creates great opportunity for their constituents and that failure or to pass it or delay in passing it will impose a serious cost on their constituents, including um uh the, the cattle producers and beef producers um around around the country. And I think that's why, ultimately, um, as we get beyond uh, the sound bites of a political campaign, that we'll be able to build the necessary support for this to get approved by Congress.
0: Since the agreement was signed, have there been changes or amendments? And is it too late in the game to still make additional changes if that's needed to satisfy Congress or a candidate?
1: There, there have not been amendments or changes made, and and... Uh, to be frank, this is a very complicated agreement to negotiate among 12 countries, developed to developing, large and small, with a wide range of interests, and it is not um, is not renegotiable. Having said that, there are issues that members of Congress and, and stakeholders have raised, and we're engaged with them to see how we can address their concerns in the implementation process and the enforcement process. You know, as we look at our broader trade agenda, and uh, we're we're continuing that work to resolve those issues.
0: This agreement doesn't govern monetary policy. How do you address monetary policy that certainly is having a big effect on global commerce?
1: So well, this agreement, for the first time ever, has a uh, a currency agreement. Uh, our, the Secretary of Treasury, uh, Jack Lew, together with his counterparts, the other eleven countries negotiated a declaration where they lay out what appropriate exchange rate policy is drawing from the IMF and the G20 and G7 institutions like that they lay out secondly uh, requirements for transparency so for the first time ever we'll have transparency into how some of the central banks intervene in currency markets how often they intervene how they do it and then thirdly it creates an accountability mechanism for finance authorities Will review each other's performance against uh, these criteria. So, if people are concerned about currency, they should be supportive of TPP because, for the first time, it, there is an agreement among the TPP parties about how to uh, how to address this issue. What we're not willing to do um, is subject our monetary policy to trade sanctions. You so know, there are criteria out there where we say another country is manipulating its currency, but those countries look at at our monetary policy and say, well, you're achieving the same kind of outcome, uh, but through quantitative easing. And we would never subject our Federal Reserve and our monetary policy and the independence of the Federal Reserve and our monetary policy to trade sanctions. And no other country would uh, either.
0: China is not a part of this deal are there indications they would want to join if they don't how does the TPP agreement affect global trade and affect China's relationship to the globe
1: well we've had an ongoing uh, dialogue throughout the negotiations uh, where we keep them updated on uh, on the status of TPP and we work through our whole range of bi- bilateral issues whether it's uh, uh, beef or beef market access or the biotech approvals or any number of other Issues in and outside the uh, the agriculture um, space. You know, my sense is, is that uh, uh, whether or not China is ever part of this agreement, and they've not asked to join, and I think they'd have a long way to go before they could ever meet the criteria. China is going to have to live in a TPP world, and that's a world in which a lot of its neighbors are um, uh, offering higher standards on whether that's intellectual property rights protection or a stable uh, labor um, uh, labor force, or better environmental protections, um, or an open and free Internet. And that's going to require China to up its game as well, to stay competitive. And that's in all of our interests.
2: A- and I, I'd, I'd like to chime in on China a little bit. The TPP positions the U.S. as a leader in the Pacific Rim on trade without the TPP being agreed to and put into effect in the United States that potentially could leave a huge vacuum in leadership on trade in the Pacific Rim and China is sitting there posed to go after that through the regional comprehensive economic partnership framework that they're trying to propose and so It's hugely important on that basis that the U.S. get this deal done so China doesn't take it over with lesser standards, and they're beginning to become the trade leader in the Pacific Rim if we don't act.
0: Mr. Ambassador, I understand at the end of the month, the TTIP talks are set to uh, take another round in New York. What's the stage of the negotiations in that agreement, and does the advance of the TPP talks bring any urgency to a deal with Europe?
1: Well, I think, uh, uh, concluding TPP has, I think, uh, given further impetus to our negotiations with the European Union, uh, as well. And we've made, um, some significant progress over the last six months, uh, with the European Union. We have, um, a number of, uh, issues still to resolve. But we have good engagement on both sides. Uh, I was in, uh, meeting with my counterpart earlier this week. Uh as you mentioned we have a formal round coming up at the end of this month and our teams are in almost constant dialogue about uh, the negotiations and we've made very clear to them by the way that you know the the support of the agriculture community may not be enough to get a trade agreement all the way through congress but the opposition of the agriculture community is certainly enough uh to uh, to kill it and that's why it's so important that we resolve our agricultural issues uh, with the uh, the European Union, and those are issues are very much on the agenda.
0: Kevin, is a TTIP deal important to Kavlman? You
2: bet it is. Number one, TPP is high standards uh, based in science, and we certainly hope the same standards would be in TTIP, which I think they would be. And so there's a lot of U.S. beef going into the EU right now, but we're limited by a tonnage limitation. And so... If EU participants, uh, consumers over there love U.S. beef, uh, they're willing to pay for it, but we have a political access barrier, and if we can get TTIP in effect into the future, uh, those uh, negotiated settlements on uh, tonnage and tariff rates would be lessened, if not go away completely, and it would be a huge economic benefit to ranchers and beef producers across the country.
0: Gentlemen, we want to thank you both for being a part of this segment of Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and we offer an open forum first. Kevin, for closing thoughts.
2: I'd like to close by reminding everybody that uh, TPP will level the playing field for beef exports, specifically into Japan, which is our number one market for U.S. beef. For every $1 billion in U.S. ag exports, we create more than 7,500 American jobs throughout the economy. And so it's easy to see with US exports being expanded by more than 123 billion dollars a year it has a huge benefit across the whole US economy specifically to beef for ranchers and cattle producers in the US expanding our export markets is going to be the long-term benefit of staying in business and it is hugely important so that's why we're uh, having TPP be the NCBA's number one priority on the hill right now and we're going all out to make sure that we get this deal done.
0: Ambassador Froman, the floor is yours.
1: Well, let me just say uh, that we're really at a critical juncture here around trade and around U.S. leadership. And um, having the voices of uh, cattlemen heard in this debate is really important, um, as well as the other agricultural interests. It's important that we get beyond the soundbites and people talk about what this means for real people uh, real families, real communities. And nobody can do that better than the ag community that really understands global trade uh, and understands what's at stake both in terms of opportunity but also cost, in terms of the cost of delay. Um, and I would just say you know the, the we're at this critical juncture also uh, strategically, that we are one vote away, a TPP vote away, from cementing our leadership, in the Asia-Pacific region, or ceding that leadership to other countries who are more than happy to fill whatever void we create and to pursue agreements that pursue their interests and their values, sometimes at our expense. So there's a tremendous amount at stake here, and we're grateful to to, to the cattlemen and the rest of the ag community for being so mobilized in terms of expressing their voice as part of this debate, uh, which we think will have a very important impact on uh, members of Congress as well.
0: Our thanks to U.S. Trade Ambassador Michael Froman and Kevin Kester, Vice President of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, our guests this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, and most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Dally.